When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Dear young married couple, have you ever wondered what to say to your spouse or even a loved one or someone you're mentoring or ministering to when they experience loss? Maybe you're feeling like at a loss of what to say. You're not sure what's the right thing to say or what would be even be helpful. So today we're going to talk about grief and how to comfort the loved ones around us without being um, intrusive and without trying to downplay the pain that they're in. Mm -hmm. Because grief is inevitable. We're going to face it. People around you that you love are going to face it. So let's get some tools today to um, help those that are around us and kind of understand grief better. Because I I know from working with so many clients Mm -hmm. that grief is much more prominent and around us than we think. We think of grief as a death, Mm -hmm. but grief is actually much more, um, it includes much more, I don't know. Context. Context, yeah. yeah then. Well, let's give some definitions and yeah. be sure to stick around because we're going to share five things not to say and then what to say instead. You'll want to hear those. But before we do that, let's give some definitions. Um, the first thing to know is that loss, because we're talking about grief, so we first have to talk about loss. Loss is not just death. Loss is the change of or the end of a familiar pattern. And so that could be something even positive, like graduation, mm-hmm. you know, like that's a, that can be a loss for a lot of people. Right. Because we've explained this to people that have graduated and we're feeling badly about it. It's because there's a community there. There's very clear expectations. I show up at this time, I take these classes and then I get this thing and then I'm looking forward to this thing. And then all of that's gone. Yeah. I'm not on campus anymore. I'm not with these people anymore. I'm not working toward this goal anymore. And so I, we have to reorient. Yeah. So for a lot of people, graduation can be um, grief. There, there can be grief in that because so, there's loss. Exactly. So loss is just that change in a familiar pattern or the end of a familiar pattern. So grief then is the response to that. It's mm-hmm. the mix of emotions in response to the change of or end in a familiar pattern. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people, again, think that grief is just sadness in response to a death. But it could be the mixture of emotions. It could be excitement and relief. It could be that someone died and you feel sad but relieved at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they, they had you know battled a terminal illness for so long and right. you're relieved that that battle is over, but you're so devastated that they're gone. Mm-hmm. And that's all grief. It's that mix of emotions. So try not to pigeonhole grief into one 
emotion of sadness mm-hmm. uh, and try not to pigeonhole loss into just death. Right. Because it can include, so when there is a breach in trust, oftentimes couples are working through, you know, trust building, but there's also a, a deep sadness and we can consider it grief because there's a loss of trust that was there. Now the relationship has changed. So they're grieving what they thought they had. Mm -hmm. And now they're, they're in a different relationship um, with the same person because everything has shifted. So people can very much grieve the loss of trust. They can grieve moving. So you, Mm -hmm. you, even though you may be moving somewhere wonderful, you're, You've lost some things. Yeah. You're you're moving somewhere else. You're moving away from friends. You will make new friends, but there is a loss there. So yeah. this is really key to understand because so many people that we work with, um, they don't realize that they're grieving. And when we give a name to it, it actually starts to make a little bit more sense to people. Something that just came to mind when you're talking about moving is mm-hmm. that marriage in and of itself can be a loss. Mm-hmm. Of course, and of all people, we are champions of marriage. Like it's exciting, it's a gain, but in a lot of ways, it's a loss. Especially yeah. if you moved away. Talk about it, babe. Um, but even if you didn't move away, I mean, so I personally moved away when we got married, and there was a huge loss there. I was so thankful and happy to be mm-hmm. married to the man of my life, man of my dreams, the love she of my life. She was ecstatic to be married <laughs> to me. <laughs> but I was also grieving the loss of lots of familiar patterns. You know, I was at university, um, campus ministries, Bible quizzing and huge family and group of friends. She was and, in the honors. Well, and just kind of mo- moving away from all of that. Yeah. It was a huge change in lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the move prompted a lot of that, but even people who don't move can still experience that loss. I just had a sister. I haven't talked to her about this particular topic yet, but I just had a sister that got married and she moved 10 minutes down the road. So it wasn't like a huge change in her, you know, church activities or relationships, but not being in that, you know, same schedule every day at her family of origin home, um, Mm. and being, you know, not around as much energy and excitement. And there could be some loss there, even if you're not moving, um, you know, out of town or out of state. Right. And it can be really confusing for the people that are looking at these exciting events. Like I just got married. I should be happy, Yeah, but I'm not completely happy. So what's wrong with me? That happens. So don't think of this as, you know, this isn't a bad thing Mm -hmm. that you're experiencing grief. And this is something really to hammer home is that grief is a natural reaction, a bodily reaction, um, emotional reaction Mm -hmm. to change. It's good. Um, You know, without sadness, without loss, you can't really experience joy. Mm. There, there are two sides and one isn't bad. Um, we also often treat sadness as bad, like get away from it. Don't feel it. Mm. And by doing that, we actually sometimes can prolong sadness or grief, even though we don't want to be there oftentimes, but that pressure of get out of sadness or get out of grief quickly can really put some pressure on us that isn't helpful in that season. So we do that to ourselves, but I think we also do that to our loved ones Mm -hmm. in an effort to help them. We want to help them feel more positive or get out of grief. And so really the goal is not to give them solutions or fix it or move them away from grief. It's Mm -hmm. to walk with them through grief. So we're going to give you five things not to say 
and then what to say instead. Mm -hmm. Before we get to those five things, uh, we just want to give you some things that are like, okay, people wonder like, is it okay to say this? Um, first of all, is it okay to say the word died? Yes, it is. It's also okay to say pass away. Um, but some people shy away from even using the word died, especially with children, because they're like, oh, that's intense. We don't want children to talk or think mm -hmm. about death. It's a natural part of life. So it's okay to use the word died yeah. or death. Yeah. One of my professors said the one, the one, uh, for sure thing that happens when you're born is that you will die. Yeah. Uh, he says death is very common, although our society doesn't want to think about it because there are so many ramifications of this. Mm -hmm. So yes, we could use that word. We can also use the name of the person that died. If we're talking about death here, again, loss is all encompassing. But if someone died, you can use their name. In fact, it's honoring that person. A lot of times I think the fear of the person grieving is they're going to be forgotten. Mm -hmm. Like how can life go on without them? And so if you kind of put that fear to rest by using their name and saying, Hey, I didn't know them, but can you tell me some stories about them? Like I've, I've seen you light up when you talk about so-and-so and you use their name. Can you tell me some stories about name? And, um, that will really bring comfort to the person to know that like, they're not, they're not gone forever. Like this is something that their, their story will live on. Their name mm -hmm. will live on. Their legacy will live on. Right. All right. Well, let's talk about what we should say and we, what we, um, shouldn't say. Okay. <laughs> to what's use the shoulds. Go, go, you tell me what's one of the most common ones that, that we hear. Uh, probably something like trying to take away their pain and say something along the, like, well, you know, they're in the, in a better place right now. It's really common. They're in a better place right now. So what we're trying to do there is trying to take away their their pain, really. Like mm -hmm. we're trying to to make their pain smaller. And I think the intentions are good because you're recognizing the fact that that person who passed away is not in pain anymore. Mm -hmm. So at least they're not in pain anymore. They're in a better place now. Right. Right. So your intentions are good. But what that does is it tells the person who's grieving, your feelings are too big. Like mm -hmm. this is not that big because they're not in pain anymore. You shouldn't be in pain. They're in heaven. You should be rejoicing. Mm -hmm. um, and so then they feel like, wow, something's wrong with me. So it's not your intention, but you can actually make it worse by saying something like that. So here's what you can say instead. I'm sure you're feeling a variety of emotions right now. You might feel both devastated and relieved at the same time. And that's grief. Mm-hmm. So you're just highlighting like what you're feeling is okay. And you're showing them that even if you do feel a sense of relief or joy that they're in heaven, um, it's okay to feel both. It's okay to feel devastated too. Yeah. Giving them permission to feel is huge. Oftentimes we're not doing that. We're pushing them away from feeling, but that also is hard because if you're not feeling, we're asking them to, well, if we're, if we're asking them to not feel this, we're also asking them to not feel. Yeah. Well, um, I think it was Chelsea Hall who we interviewed a long time ago on our podcast. You can look that, that up here or here. But she said something like, when you're asking someone not to feel, you're asking them to put their heart in a freezer. And you can't put half a heart in a freezer. Mm -hmm. So with locking up the good emotion or the bad emotions or the quote unquote, <laughs> yeah, exactly. The hard emotions. You're also locking up the more pleasant emotions. Yeah. And so you're locking your ability to feel. 
And that's not something that we want. So feeling 100% is, I, I think, in keeping within the normal human experience yeah. for for this. You know, it's much gr- healthier than yeah. numbing. Yes. Yeah. Yep. yep. That's, right. And that's what we do with food sometimes. Oh, yeah. Right? Like you're hurting. You know, think about like we do this actually to kids. This is more apparent with kids. They're hurting, you know, and they're crying. Here, have a cookie. What you're doing is you're saying, you know, what you're feeling is not safe. It's not pleasant for us to watch or witness. Um, here, have this. And really, you're not making the grief feel better. You're just making them feel different. You're making that you're numbing them. Right. And training them to numb themselves later with food or other pacifiers. Yeah. Yeah. So be careful with that one. Okay. So what's another one that people say? I don't know. You have the, you okay. have the, the list. I wrote the list, <laughs> but I was, I, I was trying to come up with like all the normal things. Like, like you hit it on the head when you said like, Oh, you know, they're in a better place. So yeah. what are some other ones just off the top of your head? Off the top of my head that I hear people say, um, I can't, I can't think of any on the spot right now. Um, so another one that people say is like, you're so strong or be strong for your kids, right? They're trying to give advice or even affirm the person and saying like, you're so strong. Mm -hmm. So this one's tough because again, you're, you're well-intentioned if you say that, but it's what it's telling them is that when they hold it together and they keep their emotions in check and they don't express, that is good. That's strong. That is affirmed. Mm -hmm. But if you quote unquote fall apart and you express raw, vulnerable emotion, you're weak. Yeah. That's weakness. That's not good. So don't do that. Um, when in reality, the goal is not to be strong. It's to be human. It's to have an all encompassing human experience. And if we're talking about modeling this for children, we want to teach children that it's okay to have real and raw emotion in response to loss. Yeah. Thinking about Jesus's reaction to, um, his death or to the temple being destroyed and, or his weeping over Jerusalem. Yeah. You know, he was very strong, but also was courageous enough, I guess, to, to show his tears. Yes. Um, so tears don't denote weakness. It's good. Okay. So here's what you can say instead. What you're feeling is okay. The goal isn't to be strong. It's to be human. Showing vulnerability and raw emotions is a brave step. Mm-hmm. So you're highlighting their bravery or like you said, cur- you know, the courage yeah. to be real, to be yeah. raw. Yeah. And I, I, I see a lot of grievers too that introvert or that's the wrong word actually they they withdraw from life mm-hmm. um, which is in some ways um, normal but too much is not good either you want to have people around you mm-hmm. and I, but I see a lot of people that say like I don't want to burden people yeah. with my grief um, and if you're always dumping sure and if it's way long prolonged but Generally, I see that when people can be vulnerable, um, I think that's a very good thing. And it, normally the people around them help them to go through grief. We don't get over grief. We go through grief. That's good. So um, that's, that would just be a tip. You know, it's okay to, to show your emotions, to be vulnerable, to share stories. Mm-hmm. Um, that is the process. All right. So another one is everything happens for a reason. Mm. 
What is the person attempting to do when they say this? Again, with good intentions, what are they trying to do? Well, they're trying to say that, um, you know, it's, you don't have to feel so bad about this. Yeah. Downplaying the emotion again. It's minimizing. Yeah. And I think they're trying to make sense of it. Yeah. Right. Because I think that's a natural human um, attempt is like, we need to like connect the dots and make sense of things. And it it may not make sense. And it may be years down the road where it makes sense or it may never make sense. Yeah. It's our desire to, to find the silver lining of like, well, you know, here's the positive about it. But the thing is, is like, it's again, trying to not help them not feel. Mm -hmm. I think I I heard uh, someone said that we experience grief at 100%. It makes Mm -hmm. no sense for us to say, no, now that we we've minimized it, now they experience at 50%. Yay us, you know, good job us. <laughs> right. We always experience it at 100% and mm-hmm. it could just be distracting. Yeah. But also trying to find the greater plan in all of it, it could be very futile. So here's what you can say instead of everything happens for a reason. Sometimes it just doesn't make sense and you don't have to try to make it make sense. It's okay to talk to God about how it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing too. A lot of people will shut down in prayer when they're angry at God or they're questioning like, God, this doesn't make sense. And then someone says everything happens for a reason. And then they're like, well, then I can't figure out a reason for this. I don't want to even think about God not being a good God. So I'm just going to not pray about it. Mm -hmm. God wants you to do the opposite of that. God wants you to come to him with every emotion you have, Mm -hmm. every raw emotion you have the grief that you have, you want to come to him at 100%. Like Adam said, even if that is anger, you know, we see lots of examples throughout scripture of lots. angry prayers and people grieving and coming to God with those prayers. And God did not shut them down. He actually continued to promote them in their ministry. Um, Jeremiah is one big example of that. You read his angry prayers and then he continues to be a prophet and his mm-hmm. prophecies never come true in his lifetime. And he's so angry and he's grieving and, and God still uses him and God encourages those prayers. So, um, pray the prayers of confusion. God, I'm so confused. Help me. Don't let, don't let your confusion just meddle in a puddle. Cause we know that if that happens, you're just going to start really believing untruths. You're going to start, you know, allowing bitterness to seep in and, really moving away from God and away from community and and moving more into isolation, which is what the devil wants you to do when you're Mm -hmm. grieving. Um, So try to stay in community and it's okay if it doesn't make sense, but talk to God about it not making sense. Yeah. Really interesting that when Jesus was grieving his own death in the garden, he went with people. Mm. Yes, he went off to pray by himself, but he still came back to be with people, even in the midst of his grief. I think that's Mm. a really good uh, example for us to look at. Yeah. You know, we're not meant to grieve alone. We do that in community. And that's where we can really receive strength and reflect uh, healthily. Um, It's there's so much benefit in being with friends and family in hard times like this. Yeah. And I think that example of Jesus is a good one um, for another reason is that, you know, he, he had his disciples with him. This was, you know, friendship community, but then he pulled his closest disciples even further 
mm-hmm. right? He said, hey, you three, come come over here mm-hmm. and actually pray with me even further. So mm-hmm. it was it was this like, yeah, you're all with me here. There's presence, there's community. But actually my closest people, I want you to come with me even yeah. further into the more intimate part of my grief. Mm-hmm. So y- you can do that too. Even if you're not going to like broadcast something to the entire world, you can pull people closer and closer that are in those circles. Good. What's the next one? Okay. The next one was, um, just be glad it was your blank. So for example, just be glad it was your parent and not your child. Um, or kind of trying to one up them with your own story. Like, well, it was worse for me. Um, and so what this does is it, it again, downplays, it minimizes their pain. Um, even if you're trying to empathize and trying to tell them I went through this too, um, if you're trying to give them your story, which is going to be different in some way, even if there are similarities, they're going to feel like, well, then I have no right to feel how I feel if you made it through and that was a lot harder for you. And mm. the message again is it's not okay to feel what you're feeling. Yeah. A good rule of thumb is never compare hurts or pains. Yeah. It just doesn't produce what you think. I, and I know a lot of times it's well-meaning, Yeah, but it doesn't help. And if they ask you, like if they know you experienced something similar and they say, what did you do? And blah, blah, blah. You can share that. That's community. Mm-hmm. Um, but don't give an unsolicited story, especially in comparison to. So instead of that. Um, the, the, what you want to avoid is at least those yeah. words. At least it wasn't or <laughs> right. at least you. Right. Uh, well, and that's another one we'll share, but the just be glad it wasn't, or it was worse for me, one upping it with your story. Instead of that, you can say this whole thing is so hard. So, so hard. So you're validating how hard it is, regardless of the, you know, how extreme it is. Mm-hmm. I'm praying for comfort in this storm and that God would hold you in the moments that you feel so alone. Mm-hmm. What you're doing there is it's, by the way, it's okay to tell people you're praying for them, but notice it's a specific prayer. It's like, I'm not just going to like pad this with some formal comment of I'm praying for you. I'm actually going to pray that God would comfort you, that he would hold you in this storm when you're feeling so alone. Like mm-hmm. you're telling them a specific prayer and then you pray that specific prayer and God will answer your prayers. Mm-hmm. So make sure that it's not just a nicety when you say that you're praying for somebody, mm-hmm. but actually give them a specific prayer. Yep. Yep. It very, it, I, I think it helps instead of us just I'm praying for you is can, can be so cliche. Yeah. You know, going a little bit beyond that helps feels better. And then at least is another one that you said, that's really common. At least, you know, they're not in pain anymore. At least it happened now and not at da 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 time of year. Yeah. This highlights the fact that there are, um, Oh, go, go ahead and give your response and then I will go off that. Well, I kind of used this one in the context of, you know, like they're in a better place. Yes. It's, it's again, the same thing, at least da, 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 da. Yes. And so the, the antidote for that or the better response goes back to the beginning, which was you're probably feeling a variety of emotion, emotions right now. And it's okay to feel this and this. Yeah. I like to say that grief is weird. Um, you're up and down and, um, you could have conflicting what part of you feels this, a part of you feels, you know, part of you feels relieved. Let's say that this person was terminally ill and was just suffering for a long time. So they're terminally ill, 
So you're, you're thankful that they're not in pain anymore, but you're also sad that they're not with you anymore. You know, those are very hard emotions to hold at the same time. Yeah. And then the last one, and again, all of these are really well-meaning. We hear this one a lot. Let me know if there's anything I can do. Because mm. you feel helpless. You don't know what to say, but you want to help. So you let them know, like, I'm here to help. And it's so well-meaning. But the person who's grieving is so flooded. And for them to think of things that people can do to help is the last thing on their mind. Let me call all the people that said that back and ask them to make dinner for me. Even if they can think of things to do to help, they're very not likely to call. A lot of times they feel flooded, but they also feel like a burden. Like, I'm just going to bring everyone down around me. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to go to anybody. So being specific with your, here's what I want to do to help is so helpful to them. And it takes that, some of that, you know, I don't know that pressure to, to yeah. not bring anyone down around them. The the burden pressure, but also the pressure to choose, the pressure yeah. to decide. Decision. They don't want to make decisions in those moments. They're already having to make so many other decisions, yeah. especially if someone died. So just telling them like, hey, I'm going to bring dinner by on Thursday night yeah. if what that's night okay would, with yeah, you. Or what night would work best for me. Or even giving them a night and asking if that's okay. Yes. It's, it's actually but the least amount of decisions as possible. Mm-hmm the better. Now don't push yourself on them if they're saying no, but you know, always ask if that's okay with you. So all they have to say is yes or no. So, and you can also say, I'll leave it on the doorstep. Um, or if you're feeling up to it, I can come in and give you a hug. So you're not pressuring them that you want to stay all day and like, but something specific, like, um, Hey, I'm going to pick up your kids from school this week. If that's okay with you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And we almost always say something like totally feel free to say no, kind of like a padding. So mm-hmm. they know that we're going to offer them something so that they can kind of get ready and they don't feel pressure to say, you know, right now is not a great time. Yeah. Yep. So just some tips, uh, to help you, um, work with grief. You know, yes. it's, it's not simple. It's not comfortable. I don't think for anyone. Right. Um, but it is, it's going to be here with us forever. Grief is always here. It is. And if you are grieving yourself and you want more support, we encourage you reach out to your community, reach out to a best friend, a mentor, a pastor. We're here to help as well. We've worked with lots of people through grief. And so if that's something you want, you can reach out for counseling. We also want to let you know that having the talks, our card deck for parents and children just came out on Amazon. So you can find that at havingthetalks.com. You can also follow the link in the show notes. It's all about having those hard conversations around sex, sexuality, emotional development, um, all the things that are hard to talk about with our kids and it gives you specific prompts for starting those conversations so hopefully you found this video helpful uh please like and subscribe or even um in the comments react to um what we have to say here on grief um i'm sure that you'd have some probably some insight because you've gone through grief yourself so share some things with us also we'll share a couple of recommended resources One of our favorite books is When Children Grieve by James and Friedman. And um, I actually taught a grief course for a while at a university and used that book. And it was funny, it was in the children's, you know, unit, but all of the adults taking the class said that that book helped them the most with their own (laughs) grief. So it's the best book that we know of on grief. So um, we'll put that in the show notes as well. Thank you so much for watching.